John Jereka on SAFM. Okay, a mind-blowing experience is what I've been promising now since this morning. And it's, it's, an, it's a side of sport that one doesn't really think about, but sports people always talk about. It. And it's something that we don't focus on. Well, I don't focus on. You always imagine a runner. You know, how does a runner become a better runner? Go run. How does a rugby player become a better rugby player? Go play rugby. What about their minds? Uh, joined by mental, by, let's get this right, Tom Dawson Squibb. Tom, what is your official title? How's it, John? Um, I call myself a performance coach. Uh, some people will call, say mental coach. I always worry about the word mental coach and the associations it has with it. Um, <laughs> so I just call myself a performance coach. A mental performance coach. I understand the, the, the trick there. Now, Tom, it's all about minds. And we were talking earlier about Bafana Bafana and their performance. A couple of people saying they just their heart doesn't seem in it. Would that be something that you would focus on? Yeah, I think, you know, so often when, it, when a team goes poorly, the first thing that Joe on the street criticizes is passion or, or, yeah. or effort. And sometimes that can be a little bit of a mistake, you know. Uh, sometimes, in fact, it can be quite the contrary. People want it so much, they're so motivated that, that they ended up, end up playing in sort of a sub-optimal way. Um, yeah, my comments on Bafana Bafana, I'm not sure I'm an expert in and their results, but... Um, yeah, I'm not sure. It's always a hard thing. <laughs> okay, but I mean that. But is that something in general? Not, let's not be specific about Bafana Bafana. Is that yeah. something that you focus on? A rugby player getting psyched up before a match, or a, uh, envisioning a win, for example. You always hear them talk yeah. about vision, visioning something. Yeah, absolutely. I think motivation is definitely one aspect of performance. Um, I think the biggest thing, you know, one doesn't want to to see your only role as motivating people. I think when you get to the top level, or certainly at any decent level of sport, generally athletes are motivated and energized anyway. So if someone like myself is having to motivate them or energize them, <laughs> I'd say we've got bigger problems, you know. Um, well, I, I often think that, that energy is more of a habit. So it's around creating really high-quality habits so that people playing, whether it be rugby or soccer or, or tennis, um, at the level, their, their energy level is, is, is just so ingrained in them that it's, uh, you know, it's an unconscious behavior. So what exactly do you do then? <laughs> yeah, so my job is to try and help people find their best way. Almost like if you think of a recipe for a cake, you know, there's a whole lot of ingredients that go into making that wonderful chocolate cake. Um, it's the same with an athlete. So just really having great conversations with them, um, asking lots of good questions, giving some advice, sometimes challenge, sometimes having to hold up a mirror to them and get them to see what you know, see their behaviours in a different way, um, and then really fi- a finding that recipe and then b executing that recipe consistently. Um, that really is the most important thing that that we can do. Uh, I suppose the intricacies of different conversations that I would have are very different. Um, yeah, I could take you through millions of examples, but really that is the, that is the essence, is finding the recipe and enabling them to, to execute that uh, recipe every time. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, you, you're talking about somebody needs motivation, but I'm sure every athlete needs their mind almost calmed down maybe if they're too busy and overtraining or, or you know, just to realize what's in it for them at the end. Is that something you do as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what, what, I use the analogy of, of a computer. And I say, if, you, if you've got your computer and you've got loads and loads of tabs open, you know, you've got your, your, your iTunes and your Chrome and your MS Word and all those kind of things open, at some stages that computer can just slow down. Mm. And it's a little bit like the brand. We want to try and have as little open as possible. 
So all the different things that could distract an athlete, whether it be thinking about the outcome, whether it be sort of external distractions, whether it be their past performances, you know, form and those kinds of things, we want to try and work out a way to blank those out. So essentially their brain is focused only on one thing. You know, often often the, the best way of performing is um, – if you're not thinking. So you'll have an athlete yeah. till, let's say he comes or she comes off the tennis court and, you, and they played a brilliant match and you ask them how did that game go and they'll almost be in a state where they don't remember it. And that's because they were just in this wonderful, blissful state of flow uh, where they could just execute what they've trained. Um, and that's really what we're trying to help athletes to do is just do what they've trained as consistently as possible. I always think of Tiger Woods at his prime. When he, when he mm-hmm. hit a bad shot... That second shot was always fantastic. He didn't dwell on it. And, or you know, even some of the great cricket players, they, they, they bowl a bad ball, the next ball's a fantastic ball. It's, it's just that, let's get over it. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, that, look, that comes with experience. Some people have got that ability more than others as well. But it's definitely something you can train, you know. We often talk about what meaning do you attach to that bad shot. So you may you may frame a bad shot as ah you know I've had a I've, I've played a bad shot let's move on. Some people may play a bad shot and then start their mind starts to run away with them. Mm-hmm. Oh you know I'm not playing well today. Oh this is a disaster. What is it going to mean for my career? What is it going to mean for the results? So it all sounds a little bit dramatic when I talk about it here, <laughs> but unconsciously that often happens in people's minds. So mm-hmm. really what you want to try and do is see a bad shot for what it is, which is one bad shot. Um, I always, I always like the story of a, of a, of a goal kicker I worked with, um, uh, in rugby. And, uh, his analogy that he used is he said, when I train, I train at 90% success rate. So if I miss my first kick at goal, statistically, I'm never gonna, I'm not gonna miss another one that day. <laughs> that's, quite, oh, that's quite good thinking. Don't, don't miss the, like, miss the first one, or don't miss the first one. It gives yourself a chance to, okay. I see, that's the difference, I guess, between the mind of a champion and the mind of a normal person. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really believe every single athlete's going to make mistakes. You know, I heard a stat the other day saying A.B. de Villiers, when he was number one batsman in the world, if you take what an, what an average, if scoring over 40 is successful for a batsman, he only scored over 40, something like 35% of his innings, which means he failed 65% yeah. of the time and he yeah. was the best batsman in the world. So really it is about, it is about taking failure on face value and being quite comfortable with it. Um, which doesn't sound, doesn't sound massively positive and people might say, hang on, say that again. But really, I think the more comfortable you are with loss or failure, the more likely you are not to fail. One of the things you've got, uh, step, I've got five steps in front of me that you focus on. One of them is called when. What's important now? Take time mm. to map up step by step the actions required to achieve your goals. That, this is not just sport we're talking about. This is everyday life. Oh, absolutely. I think the parallels between, you know, what I do in sports and, and just general life are so, are, are so close, you know. Um, I, you know, I often believe you can practice a lot of that kind of mental toughness, for want of a better word, just in your, in your general life. Just things like focusing on a task at hand. I think that's why there's a lot of people who do things like mindfulness training or even meditation. Um, because they feel that enables them to be more focused on the task. So what's important now is just a little acronym where, you know, let's say you have had a, made an error or you, in your soccer match, you had a bad first half. What can I do now that gives me the best chance of success? Mm. I, I love your last one. It's so important, isn't it? Check your space. People are affected by those around them. Surround yourself with people who lend themselves to attaining your goal. I and mean, that's, that's a small business 101. Find partners that you're successful with. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think in, in, in team sport, the fascinating thing is if you take, let's say, rugby, if you take the 15 best players, they're not always going to make the best team. Right. And it's around finding sort of complementary strength. So if you can allow people to play in their space of strength and complement where their weaknesses are with other team members, then, you know, then you get beauty. And I think, isn't there a statement that says you, you, you become, you're a function of the five people you spend the most time with? So I think if you're around people that are, Allowing you to boost your, or boosting your strengths or complementing your weakness or encouraging you, setting a good environment. I, I think that's, that's the, you know, the major part of your recipe for success. Sounds like a good idea, Tom, but how do you tell those people that aren't helping you? How do I tell the people who aren't helping you? So, so, so let's, now I've identified and I go, oh, this person's bringing me down. How do you let them know that they're bringing you down? Yeah, that's a difficult one. But I mean, you, you know, you see it. I, I, if you follow tennis, it's interesting how these, and golf, how these guys are going through coaches. That's right. I think they might, you know, then Andy Murray is a great example, <laughs> you know, has a coach who does well for him for 12 to 18, maybe 24 months, and then realizes that he's in a different space of his career and he's something else. And I think, She's at, at the top level of sport, Don, you, sometimes you've got to make some tough calls and you've mm. got to really sit down and, and what I call a people audit and just look at the people you're surrounding yourself with. And you know, I worked with a guy who was a judoka. He was 21 years of age. I couldn't believe it. He said, you know what I did, Tom? I sat down and I did a people audit. And I realized that some people were, were helping my career and my life and some people were doing it. And I went and... and Consciously chose to spend less, or unconsciously choosing to spend less time with him, yeah. which I thought was a hell of a mature decision. But I think uh, something that's vital if you, if you really want to get to the top of performance. You're taking your training and a couple of others, Gary Kirsten, Paddy Upton, as well, involved in the 2016 Powerade Performance Academies. What are those, and how do people get involved? Yeah, they, they unfortunately have just finished. Um, we, I'm sure they'll be doing it next year again. They were very successful. We did them Cape Town, PE, Durban, and, and Joburg, where we had 250-odd coaches, uh, school boy, school girl, uh, and, and club coaches, amateur coaches, coming to listen on topics from you know, physical training to mental training to leadership. Um, so really what we're trying to do is just go to a tier of coaches that can then cascade that value down onto all the people that they're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and seemingly the feedback was very good, you know. I think it's, it's, it was great for them to be stimulated by some different ways of thinking, you know, what's happening out there at the top of the sport. Like I said in the intro, yeah, being a rugby player is not just going to the gym and playing rugby. There's so much more to it these days. Any sport these days is it's not just doing it. There's, you guys need to come in and help the brain. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's so many things that, although they seem trivial, there's so many things that can affect a player's ability to do to do what he or she has trained. You know, and really, I always say I don't I don't want to ask an athlete to do something that they haven't practiced. I'm not asking them to create miracles. What we really want them to do is to go on a Saturday or a Friday or whenever it is that they're performing and do what they've trained consistently. And if they do that, inevitably they're giving themselves the best chance to succeed. Um, so, yeah, there is a hell of a lot more. And, and I suppose my wish, and maybe I'm a little bit biased, but my <laughs> wish is that, uh, is that, you know, people use... Uh, athletes use people with my sorts of skill sets mm. to, uh, you know, to just find out a little bit more about themselves. Okay, Tom, help us out. Somebody's going to the golf course tomorrow and they've heard you and they think, all right, you sound like a great idea. Give me one tip or two tips for somebody who's going to stand in the first tee tomorrow and normally duffs that first tee. <laughs> 
I'll tell you something that's quite controversial. They must try as hard as possible not to worry about winning or losing. That would be the first tip I'd say. Try as hard as possible to not worry about winning or losing um, because often the associations with winning and loss take our mind way off the actual task. Mm. Um, and then the next thing I would do is the exact story I told you about the kicker. Remember, you're going to hit some good shots. Every time you hit a bad shot, the likelihood of hitting a good shot the next one is even better. <laughs> I love it. Uh, where can we find out more about what you do, Tom? Yeah, I'm um, I'm uh, on on uh, Twitter at the Sporting Mind. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you can check out my website uh, www.headstartsport.co.za. Uh, all my details are there, and um, yeah, I'd be lovely to hear from from some of your listeners. Okay, Tom Dawson Squibb, thanks very much for joining us. He's on Twitter. No, at, thank you. At the Sporting Mind is his Twitter handle. At the Sporting Mind or headstartsport.co.za.